My spidey sense is tingling. been waiting for so long and baby so have we the president of the rick astley fan club and the host of the paper cave podcast slim episode 92 welcome to the show uh, paperkeg.com we talk about industry news the books we're reading and uh we do a little something called a book club together as friends forever um, we're doing a little something different this week. One writer, one book, Greg Rucka's The Punisher. Can you clap? Can you clap, Greg Rucka, please? Please, Greg. <laughs> we'll do, and we'll also read your letters live to close out the show. Uh, but before we just get be deep into this book and what's happening with us, let's go around the room, you know? We have a VP of Ghostly Death Face. He is a fanfic aficionado, borderline alcoholic. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back. I'm crossing the borderline into true alcoholism. Thank you for having me. I consider myself the hub of fanfic, and I'm happy to be here for the Ruckusher episode. Ruckusher. Uh, sitting next to him, he's graciously taken the time out to record. He's an actor. He is a published writer. Uh, we hung out last night, and he sang the thong song. Uh, in an Irish pub. Mark Farrington, welcome. It's good to be back, especially after that heartbreaking rendition of the thong song that I bombed. You're a tough act to go before, Slim. I, uh, I graciously accept your defeat for my karaoke skills. What a Finally, what a VP of karaoke at Paper Keg. Uh, he is wearing a brand new shawl this evening in his basement. He looks dynamite every week. Dale underscore A, thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm uh, recording live from this meat locker of a basement where two qualities are required. It's got to be below 60 degrees in this piece, and it's got to have a constant smell of cat urine. Because my... <laughs> GD cats are relentless. Okay. Special guest host Dale's cats this evening. What a show. What a show. The biggest show we've ever done in history. We've never done a show like this, Dale. Ever. No, this is this was, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, an undertaking beyond anything we've ever attempted before. 21 issue book club nothing ever like it you can probably only imagine the uh i don't know what's the words that i'm i'm having difficulty you can't even prepare yourself you just read 21 issues and you're emotionally impacted and greg rucka's the punisher dale 
And, uh, I mean, the only thing I wanted to do after finishing 21 issues mm -hmm, was celebrate. <laughs> you have the greatest taste in music, I think, of any human being I've ever met. And I think everybody listening would feel me on this. And probably make this the ringtone, too. <laughs> because it's that good. Can we get a recording of you doing the vocals, and then we can make that a ringtone? If we if we get enough uh, $5 recurring monthly subscribers, <laughs> uh, we can make that happen. Only if it comes with a bonus video where you're in, like, a Eddie Murphy-style recording studio, where you just hold it, the headphones the whole the time. Cans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so we have the biggest show we've ever done. 21 Issues is our book club. Greg Rucka's The Punisher, Volume 9, I think it is. And then The Punisher Warzone, the wrap-up to his run. Uh, so we'll get into that. I don't think we're going to do a full roundtable. We're just going to do a lightning round. We're going to get into Greg Rucka's work. And then we're going to read your letters, you know? But uh, what's happening in the world of Niaz... Downliner Square? Well, uh, since this is Rucka Keg, essentially, um, I just wanted to have uh, a quick news segment about a new Greg Rucka project coming out because, uh, you know, basically got kicked off a of Punisher because <laughs> uh, they had a, uh, they saw, they didn't see eye to eye, Rucka and Marvel. Marvel wanted to do things with Punisher, like have a make out with Elektra in Thunderbolts. <laughs> Uh, Greg Rucka, Michael Lark, the Eisner-winning creative team behind uh, Mark's one of Mark's favorite comics, Gotham Central. God, that was good. Back for an image property called Lazarus. Central. What? Dystopian near future. Government is a quaint concept. Resources coveted and possession is 100% of the law. And uh, it looks quite gorgeous, and it's an image book, so that number one is probably going to go for at least fifty dollars the day after it comes out. Yeah, what, what is the deal? I saw someone tweet about how like Peter Panzerfaust, like the first five issues of that are like two hundred bucks on eBay or something. What is happening? You're absolutely right. Um, I have no idea what's happening. It's a it's it's a it's a seller's market. Yeah, mm. that's what they would say in the realtor. Uh, segments <laughs> Realtor Realty Realty Confidentiality uh, Mark Farrington Are you excited For Greg Rucka's Creator owned work I know you're a big DC guy So Gotham Central Is close to your heart I am very excited For his Creator owned work This might be the first time That I actually Go run to Image And check something out Out of excitement As opposed to Someone telling me It's good Do you ever listen To those people When they tell you stuff Something is good And then you read it Depends who it is Usually, if it's coming from one of you three and it's out of a genre that you don't normally read and you tell me you like it, I'll go give it a shot. Name five image books that we have told you to read that you're reading right now. I couldn't name one. <laughs> <laughs> and thus invalidating your entire argument. I appreciate your honesty, Mark, as always. As always, you're just a diamond in the rough of honesty. I think Lazarus, I don't know, I saw there was Comics Alliance had like a five-page preview 
but it wasn't pages that will be in issue one. It was kind of like a, I don't know, like a short story version of Lazarus, and it looked pretty good. I mean, Michael Lark, you can't go wrong with that guy. Yeah, the uh, the pages I've seen, I haven't read, I haven't, I've never even peeked at Gotham Central, I'm going to be honest with you right now. Hmm. Um, but the art was sharp. He did two issue, two or three issues of the the uh, Joker, yeah, not Joker, the Punisher run that we're going to talk about. He did, didn't, and he did some Captain America too. Memory serves with the Brubes. I if he did a Captain America Brubaker run, then I I can put ten dollars down that it was a flashback to World War Two and they were jumping over wreckage in Germany, and that was the entirety of his of his work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so should we get into the uh, the lightning round? Right, the earliest lightning round we've ever done, unless yeah. you have another piece of Rucka news. No, that's all. Um, this is we're getting right into the lightning round because we got a heck of a book club ahead of us, people. This is not what issues. we origin- normally do, but Greg Rucka would Greg Greg Rucka <laughs> would approve. Just play your music again after yeah. you said Greg Rucka. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> uh, so, who wants to start off the uh, lightning round? I want to hear from uh, Jonesy loves beer fanfic. Uh, what what's what's your uh, What's your book? Batman and Robin 18. A book that is reminiscent of the Marvel Nuff Said issues. One of the most beautiful superhero stories I've read in quite some time. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Uh, rebuttal. Well, that's rebuttal. Uh, Mark Farrington, what about you? Batman Beyond number 20 of the weekly digital release. How many people are going to know that Terry McGinnis is Batman? They add one more number to the list, and yet I'm still excited and coming back for more. Buddy Cops number one. One shot. Nate Cosby, Evan Shaner. An intergalactic space cop demoted to NYPD and a 1970s by-the-book cop robot. (laughs) Fight crime. This book is laugh-out-loud funny. Wolverine and the X-Men 26, the story of Wolverine's brother, Dog, told in quite possibly the greatest artist to have ever worked with Jason Aaron or ever will work with Jason Aaron. Uh, so the Punisher, Greg Ruck is the Punisher. This was, um, this, I think they teased this relaunch with Moon Knight and Daredevil. So they, they pushed hard that like Mark Wade's Daredevil was going to be new. Brian Bendis's Moon Knight is going to be interesting. Uh, and, and Greg Rucka's Punisher. They're all three of them were going to be something to check out. Was it Moon Knight or was it? You are correct. It was Moon okay. Knight. I, th- I couldn't sure. I wasn't sure if it was going to be avenging Spider Man, but for whatever reason, Moon Knight, Bendis, and Malieve couldn't couldn't keep it going. So that ended. Daredevil obviously is still running, and Punisher from Greg Rucka, um, like Dale foreshadowed for whatever reason, 
Marvel wanted to go in a different direction after this run, but I have no idea if Greg Rucka had plans after Warzone. Mark, do you remember if if this, the story was that Greg Rucka just had p- stories after this, but then Marvel wanted to do the Marvel Now version of Punisher in Thunderbolts? Does anybody know? I don't remember, and that was one of the points I had in some of the notes I took. Rucka wrote this in a very definitive bookended ending. So mm-hmm. I would have been interested if he kept going writing Punisher. Yeah. I know uh, only what I know from the last uh, letters column in Punisher Warzone and Simper and Steve Wacker states that the team, uh, while getting to tell the ending that they they were able to, they they had to be done before they wanted to be done. Mm. That's all I know. Uh, so Jonesy, what is what what can you uh, maybe as brief as you can? What's this? Yeah, what's this volume of that. Punisher be uh, about? Uh, Punisher Volume Nine is a multi-layered, analogous story to the origin of the Punisher himself, in which we have a new character, uh, Sergeant Cole, who is a Marine like Frank Castle. And on the day of her wedding, much like uh, Kill Bill, uh, the whole wedding party is eliminated, save her. And she begins a Punisher-esque life of vigilantism and is eventually um, mentored by the Punisher himself. Uh, The spotlight supporting characters come out to investigate and stop this team. And the finale of the uh, run is the five-arc Punisher War Zone in which the Avengers themselves have decided Frank Castle has gone way too far and they come after him to stop him once and for all. And um, the the it's an odd start. I guess it's, it's, an, it's an odd start to our Punisher series, but it's one that I don't recall happening where it wasn't, all, you know, wasn't totally about Frank Castle, the Punisher. It was about... The, you know the police were heavily in the first issue the the like the people that are covering his cases but also uh sergeant cole you know she was a big part of that first issue and the bits and pieces that did have frank castle where he was kind of just in the shadows and he wasn't you know this was a punisher story but there you could tell that there's like a bigger piece to you know what what you're going to be reading about yeah, if I could interject real quick, uh, just to kind of tie the discussion we had to this one. Um, you know, this story really, and especially the first uh, 16 issues that just the, the Punisher run wasn't really about the Punisher. Uh, Rucka creates these great secondary characters, and they drive the story, and they are the you know protagonists. And uh, Frank Castle is secondary in his own title. And thinking back, that's that might be the reason that, you know, editorial said, hey, you know, this is a great story, but we want a Punisher book. Not any vigilante could be the star of this book book. Mm-hmm. Something to think about. I don't know. Yeah. And it's a it's a it, it's a bummer because as I read, I, I guess it, it reminds me of Gotham Central, where everyone that read Gotham Central that Rucka worked on would probably read that book for 500 issues and maybe only 20,000 people would have done that, and DC maybe wanted a book that sold 30,000. Maybe that's what Marvel wanted for The Punisher. Maybe, you know, X amount of people bought The Punisher, but if they went back to the old ways, they would have gotten, you know, two times that many. 
but at the cost of having this, you know, amazing work, at least in my opinion, of the Punisher, we kind of, we have the red Thunderbolts now, where he's got a red skull, (laughs) (laughs) if you're into that, (laughs) Uh, which, you know, to to each their own, Um, but I just remember the Chichetto on art, I, I mean, totally blown away by his art style, I've never seen him on anything else. And it just felt like I remember seeing the preview pages for when this book came out, and I was not in like I wasn't into the the dry or the rather the watery skull version. I didn't like that at all. I thought it was like this the lamest design wow. choice ever, and I wow. haven't even read it. Um, but that was before I read it, and I just saw these preview pages. I was like, this looks like a weird Punisher book. Why would I read this? And after I grabbed the first trade, um, where. You know, Alva, uh, Cole's family is murdered. She's on her own. And she eventually meets up with Castle. She's She is like a total parallel to Frank Castle in current day. And I was just like totally taken in with this story. Like more so than any other Punisher series that I can think of. I think it's because Rucka didn't do it ham-handed. You know, they he didn't just shove a female version of the Punisher down your throat. Because he took his time. That first uh, six issues, which is the first trade, is just a slow setup for for Cole. And she doesn't even get into any action until the almost the second, um, what do you call it, the second act of this whole story. Mm-hmm. So by the time she does take up with the Punisher, you've totally accepted the fact that this woman needs revenge. And she needs to close the door on her husband's murder. So, and that's just a credit to Rucka's skill to give us uh, essentially a fanfic uh, idea of a female Punisher and then turning into something we want to read and we think is really excellent. To your point, Jonesy, about the slow burn, drink two for to, to your point, um, did anyone notice that Punisher did not say a word until the end of issue three and then he only said three words hmm. and then in issue four he only said like six I loved that. What did I think about this book? This is the first Punisher I ever really read, and I enjoyed the heck out of it. I never got the Punisher. I got his story. I understood it, but I always thought it was kind of a one-trick pony, one-dimensional. There was a panel, two pages in issue 11 or 12, where he's reaming out Alves, where they're standing there talking, and he goes, you still don't get it. You think when they killed your family and not you that they spared you? You're dead, too. And the dead don't enjoy music. The dead don't get to live life. The dead only have their mission. This is all we have. And at that point, after the 30 years I've been seeing the Punisher around, that was when he actually clicked to me as a character. Yeah, um, that, f- that fight scene that they had where she went back and got the picture of her and her husband, and he just like he's like, that's stupid, it's sentimental. And they eventually just fight. They, like, physically fight for, like, six pages. And then that's when, I think, afterward, he gives her that speech about, you know, you didn't you didn't survive that day. You you died. You're dead. You don't get to do that. You don't get to feel anymore. That was a and great that, speech. It was. And, and that was probably the most he had ever said up until that part of the book mm-hmm. where he he probably had, like, you know, a full couple paragraphs. And that's when she finally realized that, you know, if I'm going to go this route and be like the Punisher, 
then I do need to get rid of all those sentimental attachments. And she burns the photograph of her and her husband, which, which I guess when that happens, I mean, I don't think I'd be able to do that. Like the one photo that you get of the, the your your spouse, and that's the only one left. Yeah. I guess maybe if I'm going on like a murderous vigilante rampage, I'd probably still want to keep that photo. Just just me personally. But I, I think the Punisher we're seeing here in this run is a continuance of Punisher Born. It feels like the same character, the same mm-hmm. totally detached from humanity, you know, somebody let me out of the box creation. And it, and it kind of feels like a follow-up. That make, you know, do you feel that way too, Slim? Um, maybe. I, I think that, I think the Punisher Born was still very dark. It was Ennis dark, where this this version of the Punisher was dark, but not just in your face, like all about death. And and there was there was this weird um, like connections between a lot of the characters. The um, the guy with the goatee, I can't remember his name, but there was a weird connection that the three of them had, where she murders the woman that was kind of in charge of the exchange operation, mm-hmm. and but at the same time she was in love with the, her partner so now at the the climax really the the denouement of the punisher volume where she that guy is now pissed that his love is dead so now all of them punisher cole and this guy have been affected and they've lost a loved one and now they're intertwined in this like final battle which i thought was really cool um and then eventually she accidentally murders that cop, and that's what sets off, you know, her trial and all that stuff. The um, I was going to say about the the one wedding photo it probably cost that one photo probably cost her five hundred dollars because wedding wedding photos are not cheap. Um, like Mark, this was the this is really the only f- the first Punisher that I've ever read. Maybe I read an issue of Frankencastle when he was like already junk put together. Um. But I just, I'd love the, I mean, I'm so happy that Rucka was able to write 21 issues, or, well, 16 issues probably, and then he was maybe forced to start wrapping it up. But the tempo and the the pacing he was able to take and not change his writing, like, it, it didn't feel like the writing style, they just let him write the book for 16 issues it was almost one big arc I, ca- I can't imagine what it would read like if you only read the if we only read the first six issues because it would feel so incomplete and uh normally we only read the first volume of a book for the show because it's hard to after the first volume you're either sold or you're not sold on the book mm-hmm. and i would have totally been sold on the book after the first volume but the, I, I don't even know where the storyline stops after the first six issues. But the pacing of it was just so incredible. Frank didn't even talk until the end of issue three. Um, the setup the setup in the first issue where it's just written so well that the, you can you, you gain from just reading the book that the cop is feeding Frank the information. But it's written in such a way that it's it's just completely brilliant um that that he's doing that and the the side stories with all these street level people that have to interact with Frank Castle it, over 16 
issues was just i don't know it was great and chichetto on art was just inc- i i love that smoky watercolory punisher yeah. skull and the uh, when they would write when they would draw uh frank in the background and all you could see is black and that skull it was like the most haunting thing and it added a layer to this book that was just uh, I, I don't know it just did wonders for me yeah, there was a page where I think it was at the very end where he has another bulletproof vest with the skull on it, and he gives it to Cole, and he's like, "Put this on it." The skull terrifies them. Yeah, and that, that was, was like line. all like that's all the explanation you need to hear about why mm-hmm. he, he wears it, and it was almost more realistic than the you know the defined thin or thick skull uh, t shirt that he wears all the time, uh, like the one that he's wearing now in Red Thunderbolts. Like, this one is kind of the creepy, just worn down, like it wasn't dry, and then everything just shifted down. And it, it is pretty terrifying, I guess, if you see mm-hmm. that in the middle of the night. It yeah. would be. And at this point, that's the definitive Punisher skull to me. I can't imagine going back to the solid skull design. Yeah. Uh, could I shift gears and talk about my favorite issue in this run? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's issue 11, and it... It tells the tale of uh, Detective Bolt, who's on a coffee date with uh, Carly Cooper, from uh, borrowed from the Spider-Man universe. And while they're having coffee, Punisher shows up looking for info. As as Dale said, we know at some point that Bolt has been supplying the Punisher with a, a great deal of uh, intel from the department. So Punisher comes for more. And uh, B-list villain, and I can't remember the name, even though I I did say it was my favorite issue here, uh, (laughs) comes in and just turns the crowd into zombies. Uh, Punisher and Bolt are forced to work together to put the zombies down, and uh, Punisher just takes out the villain with a a gunshot to the head. And it's told in the flashback style of a, a lot of episodic television we'll use where you keep going back to the person in the room retelling the story. And Bolt pretty much gives himself up, says, look, I've been helping the Punisher. I can't do this anymore. You know, this was too much. You know, I realize I'm on the edge. And I'm just telling you flat out, I'm not lying. I'm going to tell you everything. And the chief of police is pretty much like, all right, well, you're fired. We're going to bring up charges. You know, you better call your shop steward and get a lawyer. And... um the mayor comes in and says, you know, this guy is a hero cop. He's already been involved in an in investigation. The whole public sees this guy as, you know, a positive for the department. If we were to out him now as a, a liar and a traitor, it would destroy the public image of the police department. So he gets like a medal and promoted and like there's all this political intrigue in the middle of this 21 issue run superhero story. We take a break to do like a police political procedural. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just so stylistic and it was just like a beat, you know, a little, you know, take a breath before we start the incarceration and the capture of Cole. And it, it's just so well encapsulated that mm-hmm. you could tell that Rucka writes a lot of novels and, and writes a lot of one shot stories and just has ideas in his head how to bridge themes and that the episode was flawless flawless execution and it makes me wonder how many more issues we would have gotten of that if they didn't want to wrap the series up like how many more 
issues where we've gotten that I guess some people would consider filler, but we're like amazing filler. Yeah, yeah it, in the I didn't feel like filler at all. It felt like, like I said, just like a, a bridge to the next big thought that the series was going to do. Yeah, I mean, it tied back to issue one. It tied back to the issue where Bolt's partner confronts him. And I, I just love that old uh, th- that old detective. He's like, I know what you've been doing the whole time, and it stops now. Like, he didn't have to turn him into the DA or anything like that. He's just like, you're my partner, and I know you want to do right by the people in New York, but it stops now or bad things are going to happen. Ozzy reminded me a lot of Morgan Freeman from Seven. <laughs> He's like the older cop, and Brad, you know, Bolt's like Brad Pitt. Yeah, he's just trying to make a yeah. name for himself. I actually, uh, I put him the voice to him as um, Ozzy Davis, who he, he was in Joe versus the Volcano. I know he was in other oh, okay. things too. I can't yeah. remember, but he was the limo driver, and he's just like yeah. Frank, and like that's what I pictured Ozzy as being Ozzy Davis from uh, the real world uh, actor. And you can see where their relationship shifts because he knew that his partner was feeding the Punisher information and he told him that he was going to stop. And then the next time you really see uh, Bolt is when he's giving himself up. And then later, I guess it was issue 15 or 16, I guess it was 15 where Bolt, you know, uh, something happens to Bolt in the final issue or the, that hit the scene. You can see their relationship is like totally shifted where, you know, they're talking about, you know, going in and, you know, he needs to get in there and save the rest of the hostages. And Ozzy, and he's like, he, he asked Bolt, he's like, you with me, partner? And Ozzy's like, always. And it was like the final conversation they ever had, but it was like a total shift in you mm-hmm. know, the, 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 how they originally originally met. Like, Walter just didn't want to talk to him. He didn't trust him. and But then once he gave himself up, that's like when he started yeah. to trust him. The other issue that I really loved, too, was when Punisher left for 100 days to heal after his fight with the Vulture. And he was in that, like, uh, what is it? It was like a water tower type deal. What what building was that where, they, where the little kid would come in and talk to him? Yeah, he was, it was like a wooden shack or something. The, <laughs> yeah. But the little kid coming in, that was great. I mean, and Punisher's just, you know, kind of chatting with him. And then the little kid found out what he was up to. Yeah, you find yeah. So the Punisher. I thought that was cool too. That it explains that Punisher pretty much got his ass kicked and then leaves for like. There's even newspaper stories where the Punisher has been gone for a hundred days. So the next time you see him, he's got a beard and he's bandaged up his eye, and he talks to this kid. His, the kid's parents are in the army, so they're away. So he's staying with his grandparents. So initially, he's like excited that this other soldier is there, and then eventually he sees the skull. And immediately knows that he's the Punisher, and he's like, uh, he's crestfallen pretty much. And then he tells Punisher, he's like, "You're not a soldier." And then he leaves, or he, he tells the kid to get out. And that was just like, and then the issue ends. That was like the that's yeah. the the whole thing <laughs> is this kid and his view of the Punisher, and then I guess you know how the Punisher might view himself. And I thought that was one of the best issues of the whole series. Yeah, the I just thought the. It was great how he just kept continuity. I mean, Punisher had an eye patch for fifteen for issues. The whole thing, it was, it I mean, feels like it was amazing that <laughs> the Vulture jacked up his eye that much. It, it, he's human, and he grows, and he has this eye patch on the whole series. And Punished Frank Castle with a beard 
drawn oh, by ne- Chichetto. Always, always, I want those two together. With Holy the crap! And the covers are cr- absolutely amazing. When he's dressed in the uh, white snow outfit mm. because he's infiltrated that cover when he's against the brick wall and pointing the gun at the camera. Oh man, that is incredible. The him him in a beard is just amazing. I want to marry Chechetto's <laughs> Punisher with a beard and an eye patch, please. This the whole run, the whole volume is written like a TV or movie series. It takes its sweet time and it's very episodic, but it t- it takes the time to tell all the subplots and the the little hints at uh, the detectives talking and mm-hmm. Punisher healing and stuff like that. I would have loved to seen how far Rucka would have taken it. If he didn't have to, if it wasn't had to, didn't have to be cut short, but, uh, and, uh, Sergeant Alv, Cole Alves in the whole, in the whole series was just, um, that could have been like the first six issues of the book. And then they they probably could have easily just started a series with Cole after this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they, that maybe that was his intention too. Probably, how how much would he have loved just getting his own world to play with with Sergeant Cole, doing her own vigilantism? Yeah, and they they sort of imply that by the end, the last issue, because she makes it out to L.A. and she's wearing a skull now, and she's saving that woman from being uh, accosted in the alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, I wouldn't be surprised if you you don't see her again at some point. I hope so. What a well-rounded character who does mm-hmm. not feel like a sidekick or doesn't feel cheap. Yeah, I just like how he, even with her, she was in it for all the issues as well. It wasn't just like first one issues one through six. This is the one first Punisher arc, and then Punisher's off, you know, vigilanteing elsewhere on issue seven. It's just like he, she was just as much in this book as he was, and it was, it almost deserves its own volume because. It's just all tied up in 21 issues of love. Punishment. The, uh, Mark, were you about to say something? Yeah, I was going to say one of my favorite things about what Rucka did for Frank Castle is, I don't want to say he took a minimalist approach, but remember everything we hated about Midnighter and The Authority? It's like he scrubbed all of that and gave it to Frank. He wasn't a trash talker. He didn't throw out one-liners. He was just menacing and cold and calculating to the bad guys that he would fight against. So instead of being told what he's going to do and how bad he is, these all of the characters feared him legitimately. So much so that when Bolt and Clemens were leaning on their sources and going to the shady places, trying to get information about the Punisher, the bad guys are saying, yeah, well, hell, this is what we know. We will happily help you. And Bolt's going, why are you guys trying to help us? You don't get it. He's taking us out. So if you guys want to do us a favor and get rid of him, hey, we'll cooperate. Yeah. Hmm. And that did a lot of service just to show you what Frank Castle was to the rest of the world. I was go ahead. No, I was gonna say that I was trying to think of like what my other favorite uh spots. Do you remember in the scene where they stole Doc Ox um one of the arms? Yeah. And how yeah. Cole was like uh, canoodling with that guy that looked exactly like Dean Martin. Did you notice yeah. that? <laughs> and they implied that he got plastic surgery to look to just look like, like Dean Martin. Did you oh, see really? the rest I of the Rat Pack? That. I must yeah. have missed that whole that line. Frank and Sammy were there too. Or oh, Tony. 
Damn it. Uh, in the couple panels before that, but Dean actually was the only one that spoke. But hmm. yeah, she she either brought it up or he did that he had the plastic surgery to look just like Dean Martin. I think Dale just died. Oh crap! I have no idea what happened there. Yeah, I think your cat just pissed on your router. <laughs> <laughs> It was the spirit of Dean Martin didn't like being spoken about. <laughs> Dino is not happy right now. The uh, the other the other the other, but I think my favorite page out of the series is when Cole was picking off those Hydra members, and it's just a page of her with a rifle, uh, picking one off after another. It's gorgeous. She got oh, yeah. like ten rounds in five seconds, something like that. Yeah. And I'll then she you. just cockily throws her head back and says, you're welcome, <laughs> because she knew she, like, totally just nailed it. How epic was the getting to the the war zone portion? Thor and Punisher. Drinking and beers. Thor oh, just so gets... Good. Thor buys a six-pack of high and brow. <laughs> and they're, like, <laughs> sitting at the top of a building. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, ale. It's one of, you know, God's gift to men. Mm. especially and even this swill here that we're drinking and he's just like trying to level with frank he's he's like i understand you are war you have made this this war and i don't know he's just trying to oh it was it was thor drinking and and that's sort of his element when he's not you know saving the avengers from everything that's that's just amazing that was so great and the fact that Thor Thor knows and the Punisher knows that if Thor wanted to stop the Punisher, it would be done. Mm-hmm. Like there there is no like battle. Like Frank doesn't get to take down Thor. Yeah. Right. So it it's like Thor's kinda like, Hey, I could have just bashed your face in. <laughs> right. But I'm trying to let you know that the whole world's coming after you, so back off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you think about it, the only pun or the only Avenger Punisher took out straight up was spider-man i think that war zone uh was written the only way it could be frank never outright beat them he just outthought them they went in underestimating him and rucka really took advantage of i think my expectations as a reader going okay how the heck is frank castle gonna take on iron man and then i read it i'm thinking oh snap that was pretty good i think it it came from a place of the Punisher and Rucka knows that the Avengers would never use lethal force to bring in a, a human in. So Punisher's master plan of the only thing I really knew, need to do is cover Cole's escape. So let me just prolong this and mm-hmm. get, you know, go for the dirty jabs in the fight so they have to spend that time recovering. I mean, that's the best way that fight could have gone. And if it would have ended any other way with, like, the Punisher... One upping the entire core membership of the Avengers, nobody would have bought it. The uh, he did slow Iron Man down three times though, which was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And the whole uh, the conversation where uh, Spider Man's like, "You have a whole pantry just for jam." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, obviously, don't, don't you? you? <laughs> there, this was another case where I said I didn't like uh, the initial drawings of the Punisher series that Chichetto did, but the artist on the Warzone one, I did. I read the first issue and I didn't like it at all. I didn't like the art change. I guess mm-hmm. I just wasn't ready for it, but reading all five issues, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, the Warzone number one, it had taken some getting used to for me as well, and a lot of the coloring as well. It was very mm-hmm. kind of washed out and pastel-y. 
Yeah. But by the end of the series, I, I loved it equally as much. I loved how he drew Captain America's new now movie mm-hmm. armor. I thought it was a great fit. Some artists like really blow it when they draw it. Like they're that that Marvel Weekly series. I can't remember what it was called, but one artist, I think it might even be Mark Eaton, that it didn't look right at all. But I loved how Wolverine like didn't even really like he had a mortal battle by trying to take the Punisher down. You know, because obviously he's yeah. murdered like millions of people pretty much. And I thought his role in this in this story where he just watched from the sidelines and then joined in at the very end to help Cole out. I thought yeah. that was great. I mean, the the Punisher tricking the Black Widow to come to this area, knowing full well that she wouldn't be able to go after the Punisher after she finds out what's happening with like the children and the sick people and this like weapons, uh, this I don't know uh, what the hell you want to call it, despot respot. I don't know, but like she wouldn't choose to go after Punisher once she saw that, and he knew that. Yeah, and uh, the Thor issue was so great. Um. And then it comes back to, um, I thought the Iron Man, the spot where he stole Iron Man's armor was super quick. Like I, I felt, and this is probably a, a victim of his series getting cut short, but that could have been mm-hmm. a whole issue. Him him and Iron Man stealing his armor, that could have been a whole thing, but it happened off panel. And did you, did you notice in his little workshop there that he was amassing, like he had Cyclops' visor there. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had a couple other pieces that was not mentioned. I think that would have been cool if they... Uh, we're able to explore that a little more. Yeah, it, it might have been over over the top if he already did it with Iron Man though, and with Doc Ock's um, adamantium ball bearings or whatever that was. But and, he, and even it was cool. the, the spot where he reveals himself as the Iron Man armor in this in the the courtroom, he just kind of shows up where the judge sits. Like I felt like that yeah. was kind of rushed. Like I felt like there could have been another ten pages to like lead you to that spot. But you know, again, it could have been just the victim of that. But the Warzone, I mean, they felt like two different series, mainly probably because of how I viewed them with the art, but they were, I thought they were both amazing, and I loved, and I talked about it last week, I loved how Captain America's minor role in it was still a great one at the very end, where he tells Frank Castle to stand down, soldier, oh, yeah. and then Frank says, uh, sir, yes, sir, and I was like, oh, man, he's son of a Amazing. <laughs> got the, uh, Captain America has that charisma, and he just appealed to Frank's militaristic yeah. side. Oh, it was great. Uh, I mean, this is the quotes, and the, the Cap's few lines in the series where Black Widow, I think, was talking about mer- being a Marine, and Steve was like, you never stop being a Marine. <laughs> and so he, he like still has some honor left. And just everything with Cap, however small, in the Warzone story was amazing, I thought. Mm-hmm. Totally amazing. Whenever, whenever anyone brings up that Captain America and Punisher military relationship, it's always golden moments. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there was another series, and it might have been the Ultimate Universe, where um, they delve into the Punisher's personality, and a character says, "You have to understand, the Punisher joined the military probably because of Captain America. Yeah. He was so beloved as a recruiter that every kid." that you know got older and joined the army did it because they wanted to be the next Steve Rogers. And you get a little, you know, a little snippet of that here when they have that moment together and it's fantastic. I I like how uh, Steve the inter- the interactivity between Steve and Wolverine because uh Steve's like if you show up there I'm going to assume you're with on Frank's side because he, on here you're not here you're not an Avenger. You're an Avenger but right now you're not an Avenger. And, uh, I mean, Wolverine's point of view, 
you you had you couldn't not just take one side or the other because Wolverine would obviously have some conflicting thoughts about Frank's uh, work mm-hmm. in the community, and I, I, he did a he did a great job of uh, being able to cover his tracks. He basically he, he told Punisher to basically blow him up as well as his. Uh, his hideout because <laughs> it's the only way you know that Wolverine couldn't be connected to helping yeah. Frank escape and stuff like Phosphorus that. Phosphorus burns away all trace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I read this book as it was coming out originally, and then I read it after the first sixteen issues. And Slim, you're right; it does feel like two completely different stories. But I would say that Warzone, while outstanding, doesn't hold up to the original sixteen issue run. In fact, reading the first 16 issues took a little bit away from Warzone for me. Mm-hmm. And I was very surprised about that. Chichetto was supposed to be the artist for Warzone, but I think Rucka said he had to step away for personal reasons, so he wasn't able to do the art for it. Taking Warzone off the uh, table for a minute and examining the first 16 issues, one of the things I loved about it was the shared universe. You got the mm-hmm. common supporting characters from Spider-Man, like Nora Winters, Ben Urich, um, the Vulture. You had them lacing in and out of the story, but it was just subtle. You didn't see... You saw Carly Cooper. You know she was mentioned in my favorite issue, number seven, when Ozzy's talking to his partner, Bolt. He goes, look, I don't know what's going on. I know what's going on with Carly Cooper, and I don't care. I think she's a better fit than your wife, but that's your business. And that whole little car ride when he's just laying in the bulk going, look, just don't, because I don't say nothing, don't think I don't know nothing. (laughs) He tells him, I know you're helping the Punisher. And just because we don't weep for the people that he kills doesn't mean it's right. It's just brilliant, masterful. Yeah, I I think I would agree. The first 16 issues, I think uh, Warzone can be kind of felt that it was forced and, and rushed and the uh kind of jammed in there at the end i i I loved it but compared to the first 16 there was a different tone to it the first 16 issues were just a great tempo a great pacing of a of a great story i like how Nora winters for a couple issues had like a half shaved head (laughs) because she ran out of the hairdresser on it and it, it wasn't and it was addressed she had it for a couple issues and she i mean she looked Damn she dynamite. Sexy. She did. Dynamite. Absolutely. Uh, and then she got her hair fixed after that. But I, I love how there was a darker tone to the book, but it all kind of fit and made sense. Obviously, with The Punisher, you're going to have a darker tone because half the book is uh, him executing red shirts, like just mm-hmm. people with holes in their throats from bullets and stuff like that. <laughs> And to br- to bring in the Spidey kind of universe, the street level universe of Carly Cooper and Nora Winters, it didn't feel jammed in or forced. It was just fit the tone mm-hmm. and their attitudes and their journalism and and stuff like that. Beautiful, beautiful. And as a, a person who's read n- no other Punisher before, I mean, I'm mm. completely completely happy with. It's a high bar set. I completely agree. I hate to break it to you. you might not you might reach this level again as at least this kind of writing the the final issue Punisher 16 was great mm-hmm. where she couldn't come to grips where she killed uh, a, a police officer 
The cover was fantastic. How he removes her firing clip, knowing full well that she'll give herself up and and hope to get shot in her last uh, stand. Amazing, amazing. Jonesy, final thoughts on uh, on Punisher, if you can. This is such a easy book to sum up, but a hard book to be eloquent about because it covers so much ground. It takes so many um, tropes, if you will, you know, like um, stereotypes about comics, takes the tropes, strips them down, and makes them something compelling. It, I My final thought is I wish I could read 20 more issues of this caliber writing from Rucka. I, it was cut in its prime. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. You know, email us. It's a high chance we'll read it on the era. Uh, Mark Farrington, do we get any letters this week? We got a couple, actually. Some wanting to say hi to the show. Some wanting to jump in for our $100 giveaway by suggesting a book for our 100th episode. 100th oh, yeah. episode giveaway spectacular. Thank you much. First one's coming from Dragonfro. After my win last week against Slim, I'll try another name five. Let's see if anybody can name five hosts of any podcast worse than Jonesy. I bet you can't. <laughs> Love you, babe. That's all I got, homies. Till next time, true believers. Uh, let me just p- think of some random comic book podcast. Uh, wait, are we trying to name five that are worse than Jonesy? Yeah, he's saying it can't be done. You oh, can't okay. name oh, five people what? that are uh, that worse Fro, than I. You're, you're spot on as always. The proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the audio pudding for Jonesy. Oh, uh, the uh, audio pudding. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. 80 episodes of You're Too Loud. <laughs> And then as soon as we get into your den, it's like the <laughs> microphone is in your bathroom and you're whispering to the bathroom. <laughs> to the bathroom. I've got a cup with a string and then the other cup's on the yeah. microphone. Laying, laying completely horizontal on the couch while doing it. <laughs> I will say that I will come to Jonesy's defense in that there are a ton of garbage comic podcasts out there. Garbage. Okay? That's it. We're, we're better than a lot of garbage out there. So you're saying I, I'm the least best member that's at least better than total garbage. You should have stopped. He complimented you. You should have stopped, dog. Abort. <laughs> Let it when, go. When compared to total just human garbage in podcast form, Jones is pretty great. <laughs> We're still near the bottom, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, understood. I got it. Next letters from Roy C. Hey, guys. Really enjoy the podcast. Not sure if I would have started experimenting to read outside of the big two publishers without your fun and sometimes quirky reviews. Comicsology should be paying all of you as a sponsor. Good thought. Oh, they're paying, they're paying at least Awkward. one of us. Uh, disclaimer: I work for Comicsology. I would love to hear all of your takes on Remind Volume One and Two. Slim's interview with the creator led me to download the free title a few months back. I went on to buy the second volume an hour later. I hope that. Nice. More get a chance to be exposed to fun and beautiful looking books. P.S. Black Jesus was not great. Mm, there okay. you have it. Someone here, uh, speaking of Remind, I have you, just whoa. shipped 
today, uh, the Remind Volume Two. I love I, I love this little cloth end here that he's got going on here. Love it. The How ship. did you get it on Sunday delivery? Do you know Jason Brubaker personally? Be uh, honest. With did he is he at your house right now? He is waiting for the show to get done. We're gonna go get some coffee together. Ugh. What are you doing with a paper book in your hand? Uh, I wanted to do whatever I could to support Jason's uh, creator-owned work, and I will be donating this to the Comicsology Library tomorrow morning. Wow, nice. Um, if you listen to Paper Keg 49, Slim and I, at least two of the normal hosts, were uh, on the show, and we reviewed Paper, uh, Paper Keg <laughs> Remind Volume <laughs> 1. Um, I'm, I've yet to get my Kickstarter reward, so I have not read... Uh, Volume two yet? Even though I do have it in my comicsology, I haven't read it yet. We um, should do. We should do a volume two book club in the, in the future. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fitting. But the twist is only Mark and I show up to that one. <laughs> yeah, that episode. Who was on? That was at the Echo Rift. Uh, uh, two. Correct. Yep. Radio Free Echo Rift. They do about thirteen podcasts a week. If you're interested yeah. in some pop cultureisms, you may have heard his wheeze. On previous episodes, it's a sounder that I like to employ. Yeah, guys, uh, those guys are good over there, and uh, they love Remind as well. Mm. I can't wait to read Volume Two, though. I can't wait to get my Kickstarter. Oh, your name is in the book, uh, Dale. You're one of those Kickstarter backers, so your name is in the printed page. I'm I'm famous now. I'm pretty much famous. (laughs) How wonderful. Next letter we got is a quick one from Seth saying, just wants to toss a book club suggestion our way. One that I think would make for a hilarious episode would be Final Crisis. So there it is. Love, Seth. Final Crisis, my heavens. No. No, no, no. (laughs) Is that the... uh, Is that a beloved book by you, Mark? That is a... I'm going to call in my DC trump card and say no we're gonna veto that one (laughs) what marvel event would you compare that to it's somewhere between probably infinity gauntlet and we haven't read a book that bad that i could throw it let's go mutant massacre fear it's not mutant Mutant genesis mutant genesis my bad Mutant Genesis. Mm. oh that's the mutant genesis is like the claremont lee relaunch right yep yeah i didn't like fear itself all that much if i could be honest with you it served its purpose. Was it better than uh, Shadowland? <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seth, uh, even if we don't do Final Crisis, you're still entered in the contest. Thank you, sir. Uh, oh, right. con- you qu- quick contest news that we could uh, speak about before uh, rolling credits. Um, uh, program director Patrick Titus of the comic book shop, he, he helped us uh, kind of... Uh, um, hammer out some more details for the contest. If you recommend us single issues that we'd like to read um, that you think we should read, you could also be entered into the contest and also it'll give us a chance to read more of uh, user-submitted issues. So uh, we could make the whole show about uh, user-submitted, listener-submitted um, suggestions by if you suggest a book club or just a roundtable book that we would uh, one of us would read and uh, comment on during the round table or lightning round. You know what else I got with that Remind Volume 2 is a little uh, wrist do-wacky. 
What? What's that coffee, site? Coffee, coffee table, table comics and <sighs> remind. Right there. Look at that. Yeah. Remember that time you would rag on me for getting free stuff? <laughs> yeah, but you get free stuff without paying for anything. I paid right. for that book. <laughs> you know what? Not important. Let's go back to Dale's point. <laughs> Suggest your single issues. We will read them. Uh huh. Do we get any other letters, Mark? Yeah, we got a couple more, actually. One about the contest from Chris G 983 Once again, great show concerning the idea for a book club in episode 100. How about Brian K. Vaughn's Pride of Baghdad? Like, no one saw that coming. Great book. No superheroics. Just a thought-provoking, quasi-true story of a group of lions set free of a zoo in Baghdad due to a U.S. bombing. I have that, I have that hard copy. I borrowed it from work. What? It's really? entered, officially entered into the contest. Yes. Awesome. Spectacular. Last letter is coming from at, and forgive me if I butcher this name, at El Sora Gigante. That's what up, it, Keggers? Brian Lee O'Malley posted yesterday on his Twitter that the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World game is getting an update to finally allow online multiplayer. This got me thinking about comic book-based video games and how they are mostly awful, not including the recent Batman and Scott Pilgrim games, of course. My question to y'all is, what is your favorite video game, comic-based or otherwise? On a completely unrelated note, what the hell is with all the hate on Marvel Cosmic? I defy you to read Volume 1 of either Nova or Guardians of the Galaxy by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning and not be entertained. Dan and Andy can write the action-slash-comedy genre in a way that I haven't seen anybody else pull off, and you don't need to know the characters to enjoy these books. P.S. Episode 100 Book Club recommendation, Dan and Andy's Nova or Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. At El Sora, you are entered into our contest, by the way. Uh, I'd love to read Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, but, um, I mean, we mostly criticize Marvel Cosmic because we're afraid, okay? (laughs) It's out of fear. (laughs) We don't know enough about it, and what we have read um, makes me want to shut my fingers in a car door like I was four (laughs) years old again. I will agree to that. But we haven't read it all. What about a favorite comic book based video games, Jonesy? I know which one you're going to say. I have a I have a very strong feeling about this. Spider Man: The X Men Arcades Revenge. Oh, really? That was all over my face. Pick. Hmm. What did you think I was going to pick? I thought you were going to pick X Two Wolverine's Revenge. Great oh, game. that is that a, was a that great is a game. Runner up. So great. I actually had a lot of fun with the X Men Two: The Clone Wars or the Clone Saga. Was that the one? The Genesis. That was called? It was the Clone Wars, I think. It was when you could be Magneto, and it like blew my mind that you could oh, control yeah. Magneto in the game. Mm. What else, Dale? What about you? Oh, uh, I'd have to probably go mm, the first Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Ooh, I put some power into that. That is a that great one. That was a good one. And also, the uh, back in the day, the Genesis X-Men game, because you could be Gambit, even though the game was oh, hard. Oh, yeah. And even the, the game was hard as S. Oh, my mm. God. And just to navigate the map room. That yeah. was inside Cerebro was mind-crushingly difficult. <laughs> I actually had to call Sega because of that game because every time I would beat um, Ahab's world, I never knew you had to press reset on your Genesis. So before you could go to level five in the Mojo verse, you had to hit the darn reset button. Wow, we are getting into some nerdy s right and now. My favorite video game franchise, Spider-Man series, but Spider-Man the original on PlayStation and Dreamcast. Followed by Web of Shadows. Web of Great Shadows. Game. Never mm. played Web of Shadows. Fantastic game. 
I'd call it the best Spider-Man game. Uh, what a show. Rucka Keg in the books. Wow. Uh, you think, do you think Greg would be proud? I think he's going to be proud of this music right here. Who God. wouldn't be? <laughs> Did you see this was... this? I checked this was on karaoke. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. We should have done it. Damn it. I will see I was, everybody. I was way too intimidated by this. We'll see everybody next week. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, shoot an iTunes review while you're on the crapper. You know, those help out. Spread the word of the show. We'll see everybody next week. Greatest music video of all time, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. With his dancing with his cane, lip syncing. Yeah, in front of the mirror and his chair. <laughs> I don't think I know this song. What is it? Uh, just YouTube "Born to Be Alive." That's all you need to know. <laughs> oh Lord. So before we get into Slim's rebuttal, I have a comment for Dale Andrews. You've never read Gotham Central, right? Never. Now, issue seven of Rucka's Punisher, just like Gotham Central. You got two cops. They're talking. They're going back and forth. And then one cop tells the other cop a story about when they encountered the hero so that he's battling a villain from the outside. Daredevil and Punisher are fighting. Daredevil's trying to capture him. Punisher's trying to kill him. And after the battle, you learn what really happened to everybody. So if you like that issue, hmm. that's what Gotham Central's like. Okay. Man, I'd, I'd love to read. Especially now, I see that. And I and I know Gotham Central is like Eisner winning, you know, Hootenanny. I'd love to check it out. Just that's like, that ran for like 40 issues, right? Or 60 issues? It We'd have got to- into the 40s. The last, I want to say, four to six kind of veered off the tracks because that's when they were uh, intersecting with Infinite Crisis crossovers. So mm. it was a completely okay. different vibe than the first 30 some odd. My, uh, what was my rebuttal? To Batman? And Robin, the silent Batman issue. Robin. Yeah, that was Lightning a good issue. rebuttal to me. Um, maybe, my, maybe I was thinking you did Batman 18. My rebuttal for, was for that one, for Harper. Wanting to no, be no, Robin I would... so bad. Yeah, I I have a feeling she's going to be the next Robin after reading that. Didn't read it. I'm taking off my headphones. Just wave when we're done, all right? <laughs> no, we're done. We're done. It's fine. You can keep them on. The, but, uh, uh, go ahead. I, I'm totally down for her uh, to be possibly... <laughs> <laughs> he has taken the headphones off. He's signaling. <laughs> I'm totally down for her to be Harper whenever she wants with that purple hair. She's adorable. I want to take her out for a latte. That's what I want to do for Harper. I don't know. It's pandering. I think that character is just pandering to this generation. What, just generation of purple hairs? No, is you know, she's got to be like emo that? with piercings, and she's hip, and she does computer things, interesting things <laughs> with computers, and it's just, I don't know. Uses them, unlike Jonesy. This is just Jonesy's <laughs> like, Jonesy's like he, she's using a computer in every panel, God. God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, rampant ageism. Jonesy loves ageism. Rearing his <laughs> ugly head in this episode.
but I enjoyed it. I thought Kubert's art was fantastic in that book. I don't know what he yeah. was doing oh, since Kubert I last did the saw him. Art too? Damn it! <laughs> it was. I thought his art was better than Flashpoint. I I truly enjoyed uh, that issue. And back to Batman and Robin eighteen. Thank you. Uh, that final panel where the bat signal was just uh, buried with criminals. That he's just gone and swept the streets in rage. Truly a great issue. How about when he goes back to the Batcave and he sees that note Damien left yeah. and Bruce just loses it? That oh, was a man. tearjerker. I mean, he yeah, that kind of pulled it. a tear at me. He should lose it for like the next 25 issues of Batman. The next his 10 son years is, his of son Batman. Is dead. He should be just like breaking people's necks accidentally on the streets. This should be twice as bad as when he lost Jason. Yeah. At least that kind of fall out. We just won't know about it because it's going to be an eleven issue arc of Batman Year Zero. Hmm. I, How many issues is it? It's an eleven issue arc. What? Yeah, it's a year long run. He's right. In other news, I dropped <sighs> Batman after this. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you don't want to pay full price to read a story you've already read done better? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a feeling it'll be great, but I ain't got no time for that. Me and Sweet Brown, we eleven issues. I can't believe it. That's crazy. That's uh, I mean, that's an undertake. That's ambition at, at this point. Uh, a year into the new fifty-two, a year and a half, and they're already they're writing s- for the super trade. They're selling like gangbusters, so I, so they would never do this. But I wish they would have done that as the first issue of Batman, and then just kept going from there. You know, yeah. that just this yeah. is like current day Batman. Year zero is Batman now, but you know, telling you that's the only thing that could have saved the new fifty-two. Give it a slow burn. Tell a good story. But I mean, we've all read Superman. I mean, heavens. yeah, not their priority. Good heavens, it's not their priority. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> so, uh, mm-hmm. big uh, stink over Comicsology this week, huh? Yeah, Slim. Glad to see you're still alive. Based off Marvel breaking the internet. I am I am still alive. Marvel Seven Hundreds. We're uh, we're a big we're a big dark eye on my sleepless nights. For Sauron. So yeah, Marvel so Marvel Seven Hundreds came out. Seven hundred free issues. Uh, I was sitting at a baptism listening to Erasure when they came out at South by Southwest. <laughs> great great DJ at that baptism. And uh, and then all hell broke loose website literally was put in a guillotine thanks to Marvel 700 and uh, it was just a rough few days not just for Comixology employees but for Comixology users which stunk. In related news uh, share price of Red Bull and uh, <laughs> Fiverr Energy skyrocketed last week. Uh, I was on a strict diet of two hours sleep and, re- and five hour energy and Really? You were, you were limiting... Your sleep to two hours. Well, I mean, I think the first two nights, the first two nights, it was all hands on deck. As you may or may not know, I'm the customer service sure. manager for Comicsology. Sound like Harper so Row over there. It. <laughs> so the first <laughs> the first night, it was like all hands on. We're done. There's, I mean, people are losing their minds. So I mean, we got the the amount of tickets emails we got in our CRM system was like, in the first twelve hours, it was like our week's worth. So, I mean, everyone was working. I think I went to sleep Sunday night at, I think, like, 4. And Mandy 
uh, at Mandy Boo stayed up the whole time. She was running the Twitter. So this we have a support account. She was running that 24, 24 hours straight. She loves. She eats that stuff up. She, she like runs, she gets like she a, runs on that. She runs on crisis mode. So she's like she's like the woman in Hackers <laughs> who doesn't like at the Angelina end. Jolie. Angelina no, like uh, the the psychologist from The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. Ah. So I mean, so that so it was just like you know that's what just had to happen. I mean, and I'm very gracious to the team that we have at Comicsology support. I mean, in the entire company. But so when I got in the Monday morning, I was just like miserable. I mean, it was like uh, I mean, it was bad. everyone in the company knew it was like it was terrible. You know, the fact that people couldn't download new books or download older books or whatever is like worst thing that could ever happen to our community. So now, go ahead, sorry Mark. to cut you off. One of the things I couldn't really glean from the articles I read about it was I understand that everything crashed. Nobody could download for the sale. But were people able to download other books not tied to that sale in that time? Uh, intermittently. Okay. Inter- very intermittently. Yeah. I mean, like we, you know, so if I, so Sunday, if I wanted to download a book at all from to my iPad that I already bought, I couldn't. Monday, okay. it started to return a little bit. So anything that wasn't local on your device, you pretty much weren't able to do so. I mean, I have complete other empathy for you, Slim. That was the server crash heard around the world, mm-hmm. as reported digitally. Yeah. But that being said, it was still a great sale, and it was a great thing that Marvel was doing. I mean, your guys' problem was it was so darn good. How could you not take advantage of that? I mean, everyone, literally everyone wanted to take advantage of it, and that was a problem. <laughs> everyone on the <laughs> planet that had an iPad or a computer. Um, but it just stinks for me. You know, I I had been, had been a digital comics evangelist pretty much since before I even got a job at Comicsology, and then to see the people that are not, this was literally, like, the greatest day in their lives. Like, this was their moment in the sun to say, well, told you. Digital comics—that's mm-hmm. just—it's just not going to work. I'm going to go back to my print shop, and that literally just like broke my heart. I was like, "No, this is—you know—you don't—you you can't just come out of the woodwork and say that this is the one moment where the print comics are just the way to go." I mean, it can be for you, but you cannot just discount one—I mean, literally a 48-hour period out of how many days where you could access your digital comics. And I mean, I was just like crestfallen, and I said that. You twice could say this the episode. same thing every time there's. A snowstorm anywhere on the planet. Exactly. And Diamond says we're going to delay two days. Yeah. So they can go stuff it. But or I mean, I, to- I totally do get it, and I and I do think we deserve any kind of criticism the company gets. I mean, we're down. We were like pretty much down for forty eight hours, and it's like worst case scenario. But I mean, it it's it's tough. It was a very I, tough time. I mean, to be that, just to be that guy. That I mean, this it's it serves as a test, a litmus test. It serves as a, a, an example of the perfect storm of what could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, if I wasn't busy reading my downloaded Punishers, I would, I honestly would have been highly annoyed that I couldn't get to my books in the cloud. So, you know, I'm not going to take it to Twitter because that's just what people on the internet do. But that, I mean, people will, I think, will remember that as being an example of um i don't know not committing fully yeah um because 
if any of you guys, I mean, you if iTunes, if you had movies on iTunes and it went down for three days, like it's it's you know apples and oranges sort of, but if your digital content was inaccessible for a few days, I mean that's that's a big. tough pill. It's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, like I knew. I I mean, Monday, like when I went to bed and I and we we still weren't back up. I mean, I knew we were just in for it. I mean, everyone mm-hmm. was going to be coming at us with knives out, and it would just you just had to just deal with it. I mean, the whole week. Yeah. yeah. Really, I mean, we got more press. I mean, we're on CNN, USA Today headlines, Washington Post, um, <sighs> Comicsology, and unfortunately, it was because we were down. Right. But I mean. You just it just got yeah and it just stinks and I'm try I try not to get like too down about it because you know maybe, you know more people will know know about us now more people will try us but there was that period where um, it was just like all hands on deck and sure. uh, people were were bummed but I mean and like I said on Twitter I wasn't being facetious when there's a like a huge amount of people that are are members of the community and like our users that were like they just kind of said you know what like this is just going to be happening in growing pains of digital comics. Like it's not a big deal. You know, we'll just, you know, I'll check back tomorrow, which, which for a user of digital per- services, that's super rare. I mean, if, if either yeah. you or me had like Amazon down for two yeah. days or whatever, like, you know, you're going to be pretty PO'd and you're going to like voice your opinion. We would have been, we would have been talking about that on the hashtag <laughs> flat, hashtag hard flat. Yeah. You know what slim? I got to tell you, and this is, me talking as a fanboy and as somebody who's close friends with the customer service manager, I found out about the crash Sunday afternoon at my girlfriend's parents' house because I saw the sale and I wanted to download some comics and my sign-on name wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. I'm getting pissed going, I know my daggone Pete, password. Pete, Pete. Why the hell isn't this working? And then I just happened to open my CNET app just to start surfing the net. I see the headline, Comics Allergy Down. And then I scrolled a little bit further, and I saw that Comixology is honoring the sale. And at that point, that's really when the venom kind of subsided, going, okay. At some point when everything is resolved and we're ready to try this again, I know that I can still take advantage of it. That's when the anger really calmed down. Yeah, like Monday, Sunday night into Monday were like really brutal. And then we put the blog post up, and then it was really weird. Like Monday night, we made the decision to kind of just shut everything down and we posted on twitter like we're just taking everything down for a few hours to get to the bottom of it and then like the people that were like awake at that time and saw that post were like freakishly positive to us taking it down and on facebook too like the period between monday to wednesday there was like like maybe two percent of posts were negative and i would i I mean you can't like see that anywhere really surprising yeah because if for the vocal community of Twitter and and everybody for the internet, I mean that's just if if Amazon went down for them, they'd like be what, flipping out. Yeah, like what would the percentage of negative comments be if Amazon right. went down for forty eight hours? But you can't even take that as a true litmus test, only because the percentage of people who get angry enough to tweet about it, I'm always going to think that's a vocal minority. Mm-hmm. Versus the quiet majority of people going, technical difficulties, I'll get my books, they'll be all right. right. And not bothering to say anything, you know what I mean? It, but the question would be how 
how much how long is too much like at a certain point you would hit that ceiling of all mm-hmm. right this is i can't yeah, get my books you, right, for four right. days yeah you go from like anger right. to acceptance and then you just go back to anger and then yeah you just like get worse off the longer it goes on but i mean so when so i so wednesday we had a i think we were like we had a pretty pretty okay wednesday in terms of uptime considering and then thursday and friday we're back to normal so tough week yeah, tough week for comic yeah. fans. Yeah, it was, but uh, we got through it. I mean, together we got through the, it together. To not toot uh, the customer service team, but uh, you set a precedent for. I think you kept people positive. Like you were the, uh, you know, the wartime <laughs> people just keeping everybody's spirits cap- up. I was Captain America dressing up and, and knocking out Hitler when yeah, going to visit the troops. You were socking Hitler in the jaw. <laughs> Let's be real. You were Winston Churchill. <laughs> we shall defend our isle. And well, I mean, what I else? Mean, and, and and then and I mean that comes back to like I mean, what else can you do at that point? You just have to right. You have I to mean, keep spirits up too. I mean, the users are waiting. You know, because the 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 slob tech team who are in charge of your servers aren't dealing with the the internet. And the customers uh, on the internet, you know what I mean? You guys are taking the brunt of that. So mm-hmm. to be able to uh, turn that into a positive and keep people's spirits up with your damn memes uh, <laughs> that I hope I never see another meme for as long as I live. But it worked. It got the job done. Mm. And uh, and now everybody can get their comics. So I don't have to complain about it to... Uh, to Andrew? To add custom on Twitter? <laughs> to add custom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you guys were uh, did ace jobs. I'm uh, proud to say that I followed all the comicsology support. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it, got, it got to the point where, first, thank you, but it got to the point where my wife was checking the comicsology support Twitter to see what was happening. Like she would periodically check <laughs> to in see to where see, you are, to see what was happening, what people were saying. And I mean, that was a, uh, it was interesting. Like she was trying to see how upset people were to Every try to gauge Matt's my mood when I came home. Late coming home, the servers are down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of which, you know what I found out is she has find my friends turned on. And that's how she knows like to get my son ready when I come home. She tracks to see how close I am to the apartment. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's creepy. <laughs> wow, that's a real world example of it actually proving useful. Yeah, because well, for the past few days, he's like gotten... He's he started to hide like he would hide in his tent when like I'm about to walk through the door. So she told me like because I would notice that um, my location beacon would like be on when I'm walking home. And she's like, well, yeah, how do you how do you know? How do you expect me to get, have James ready when you're walking in the door? I've been tracking you whenever your train drops you off. That's life, guys. That's my that's, life. That's amazing. Oh, wow. Just what you need. A wife that has you glowjacked. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you maybe your wife is listening, Jones. If she's going to enable find my friends on your phone. That, and that would be your worst nightmare. That would be your absolute <laughs> worst nightmare right now. I'm gonna, tw- I'm gonna tweet. I don't need her anybody to know. to know where I'm at. Thanks very much. This is actually all a green screen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is soggy back there. Find my friends will go where Twitter dark won't. I didn't know uh, Double Vision had a Wi-Fi connection that you could use. <laughs> <laughs>